0: Good Sunday afternoon. Reading, greetings, greetings to everyone out there in podcast land. Thank you once again for listening. You know what this is. This is another installment by Nurse Truly KG, my compadre across from me, the Fifth Wildcat. And to my right, Dr. Yadikavir, you am listening to another KG, the Fifth Wildcat and Doc podcast. As always, as is customary, we get into it. First things first. Gentlemen, how are you all doing? Doing well today. Good Fifth Wildcat is doing well. Weather being being what it was the last two days. Couple of situations going, uh, went on, but as today, it's Sunday. The sun is out. God is good. Yeah, I made it through another weekend. A lot of things covered. A lot of new news on the table. So I'm excited because a lot of things we're about. And let's get right into it. Sports reporter, do your thing, sir. Let's start out with this football scores for this weekend. We got three winners and one loser. And then a shootout from Dr. Coville about the swag. Let's start out with locally here. HBU won their home opener. 34 the three over Oklahoma Baptist 2 startup programs. The defense showed a shine very bright in the second half to pull away and make this a big home winner for the Huskies. Rice pulled out a squeaker over Florida Atlantic, eighteen fourteen. U of H bomb ran them off the field. Uh Conference USA team, U of H fifty nine, UTSA twenty eight. And as I said earlier in the swag. It was Alabama A&M, twelve ten over Texas Southern, and from the word and the information that I got, they were three feet away from victory, or at least seizing victory. Dr. Kavir, what happened in the swag this week? Uh, It was pretty interesting when you talk about the swag. We'll go through the poll rankings and then we can get into some particular regional area programs in terms of what took place. So let's look and see how things rearrange. No team dropped out of the top ten. This is the second week in a row that takes place. We'll probably get some true movement next week as more teams really get into the SWAC and MEAC uh, action in terms of conference among each other in the conference. So let's get to it. Number ten, Southern Jaguars, two and three on the season. They find a way to barely stay in the poll after a tough loss to their Intrastate rivals. They lost the Jackson State Tigers 19 to 14. Very competitive game, defensive, uh, that went back and forth. Southern had a chance to win it late in the game, um, on fourth down, trying to throw for a touchdown. Ball just gets out of the grasp of a wide receiver. Katie Board shut the door. Jackson State comes in, just kneels down the ball, runs out the clock. So they get it done. And Number nine, you know Carolina Central Eagles two and two on the season, they did not play Lexi. They get into the conference action as they travel to the nation's capital and will fight against the Howard Bison who lost this week at number eight, you have allhorn State Braves, three and two, they lost the Alabama State Hornets and really got took to the woodsheds forty nine to thirty. It wasn't that close. they actually scored like uh seventeen points in the fourth quarter late when uh Alabama State put the subs in to let you know how dramatic turnaround is. And, that was a big matchup for the Braves. It seemed like when they stepped up with some real competition, they were not quite ready. At number seven, Prairie View and Panthers, 3-2, defeat Stephen F. Austin, Lumberjacks, as you talk about, in a true shootout, 56-48. to They did something similar to the Southern Jaguars in terms of um, defensively. They finally made a stand in that game late in the fourth quarter. And Stephen F. Austin just ran out of time on fourth down trying to to go for what would be a touchdown that would allow them to go for a two-point conversion and tie the game. Intriguing game. Prairie gave up 800 total yards. We'll talk about that a little later. But they did force five turnovers, and that was pretty much the difference in the game. One thing of note, that is the first Division I win for the Southwestern Athletic Conference this year, so it was definitely a significant win. And Stephen F. Austin was 2-2 and on the season before that loss, so it wasn't as if they were playing a team that was winless. Uh, to make a statement. At number six, Alabama State Hornets, as we quickly move through the poll, three and two, they defeated all Alcorn State Braves, 49 and 30. They're versus Texas Southern Tigers uh this week, and that is a home game for the Tigers. Will they be able to get a win in that game? I'm not sure if that will be the case. Top five programs now or number five, Jackson State Tigers. Not much changing here. Three and two, they defeated Southern Jaguars, 19 and 14, for a huge road victory. Over Arkansas Pine Bluff next week will be a home matchup at number four. South Carolina State Bulldogs 3 and 2. They found a way to get one first place vote after they defeated Hampton Pirates at home 30 to 6. That was the U game. Watched it and boy, the Bulldogs defense is for real. They'll get a strong test next week. They will travel to Atlanta in Atlanta football classic versus North Carolina A&T State Aggies, who we will see are in the upper part of the poll as well. At number three, if Tennessee State eight Tigers 41. They defeated Central State Matador's Division II program, the SIAC. Listen to this score. 73 to 6. Wow. They just humiliated the State Matador's, Central State Matador's team. They were not ready for that. Southeast Missouri State Redhawks as they get back into Ohio Valley Conference action. At number two, those North Carolina A&T Aggies come in at number two. They are the lone HBCU program, both at the mid-major or major level, there's undefeated 3-0 zero, four first place votes. They did lose two first-place votes. They defeated Howard Bison in a Thursday night game on ESPNU, 27-19. they versus South Carolina State Bulldogs. We alluded to this game. Huge matchup. Huge conference matchup between the Aggies and the Bulldogs. Uh, basically, for sole place of first place uh, with potential to tie. But Thune Cookman, who's in at number one, did not play this week. 3-1, and one, six first-place votes. Lost to Florida they similar to the previous week, uh, but they took this week out. They will face Delaware State Hornets in the next week match. Has anyone noticed how all of a sudden this season going into next, uh this been the last year for open play and then the straight up bowls and then next year moving the playoffs, that quite a few teams on a Division One Bowl series are having at least two open dates for the season when you hardly ever have found teams to be having just, you know, sometimes they don't even have one. They just maybe start late either or uh, they'll have a game, uh, open week or uh, they'll finish out the season one week early. But quite a few teams this year, I don't know whether what we talked about last week, you mentioned about, you know, scheduling the teams or somebody pulling out, uh, and getting these patches to come in and play. It It's starting this for whatever reason. It looks like it's working because guys are getting time now to get healthy, and pick teams and teams are getting uh, getting their uh, strategy all together. And the following week, they're able to go. You know, it's it's not that one that, that series of losses right behind each other. And teams are getting healthy, strategies are getting get better. But these blowouts, hopefully, this should be the last week. Because I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Everybody should be getting the conference play because that's been that's, that's been a, an issue between the three of us. You know, just talking about that because somewhere along the way they've got to correct it. Hopefully, a conference play. Um, K C mentioned something earlier. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> because all of a sudden the whack—I mean, not the whack, but the act, <laughs> maybe even the American in football is being considered in the same sentence and paragraph with some of the biggest uh, uh, pro- uh, programs or conferences in the country, or Pac-12, or the Pac-12, uh, the Big 12, uh, the SEC. They are, they've got quite a few teams that are 4-0. And some of those teams that they played, but, they're past, but uh, they but they, they wrote it up. Hi. Let me... Let me add on to what the Wildcat is is referencing, and kudos to the (laughs) media people with the American Athletic Conference, uh, for for promoting their product this way. Uh, A note on the uh, website is the American Athletic Conference remains one of six leagues with multiple unbeaten teams through five weeks of the 2013 season. The others are the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC. Now, multiple team is a nice way of saying two. Then U of H, University of Houston, and Louisville were undefeated. So, at the end of the week, that was a weekend with three unbeaten teams. But then UCL, UCF lost to, uh, 12th ranked South Carolina, 28-25, 20 to change that to game, two. Really? So they did play well, and that it, it was a good showing overall for the conference, for UCF to play an SEC program like that so, so closely. But two teams being unbeaten, you can count that as multiple. I guess and that's what the league is doing, so. More than more than product one. anyway, so it's more than one, so kudos By to, you. You don't care definition of it it's correct. Exactly, Yeah. But that's real quick, <laughs> I just want to run down the weekend scores for the football team in the ACC because they're still in the act, even though basketball season business started and practice started on Friday, thank goodness. Uh, in the touchdown, UCF lost to South Carolina twenty-eight twenty-five. 25 TCU defeated SMU in a City Robbery, 48-17, so another loss for the act. USF lost Miami, Florida, 49-21, another loss for the act. Buffalo, 41, Yukon 12, another loss for the act. Houston, thank goodness, 59-28 over UTSA, one win for the act. And then lastly, Idaho, 26, Temple, 24, another loss for the act. So if I'm not mistaken, the Cougars were the only member of the act to pick up a victory. This weekend in football, so once again you mm-hmm. got to promote your product in the way you can. So you're gonna spend it however you want to spend it. That's what people do. Smart business. It's a smart business. There you go. Smart business. So the Cougars are off this week until their home game, home date game versus uh, Memphis on October 12th. <laughs> so we'll see how things go from there. The other unbeaten team, Louisville, plays on October 10th against Rutgers, and they last Rutgers. But for the time being. We actually have the most unbeaten teams in the conference, so there we go about that. And in terms of scheduling, as more open dates. It's this making the season longer? You know, all this talk about protecting the student athletes, or so we don't want to do anything about college football is a big business, as we all know that. They don't. They refuse to acknowledge that fact and say, you know, about the student athletes. So they have one or two open dates now. They're playing 13 games during the season, during the season, taking a month off before playing a bowl game. All these things. That are supposedly in the best interest of student athletes, all about the bottom line, the green dollars. But it is what it is. I would agree with you, Chris. Uh, As we know by now, it is truly about the dollar. And to kind of allude where these breaks are coming in, I believe it is you extend the season because now you have these conference championship games, which added obviously another game for at least two teams. It's, uh, It's extended the season to such a point, and then you had the legislates from, uh, by the NCA a couple of years ago now where you could actually start the season essentially a week early, that first week in September every couple of years, which allowed teams to uh, take in an additional game. So as you get into 13, you know, 12, 13, 14 games with the championship, you definitely need to spread out the season, and I think that's where you start to see this extra week off Uh, Because of the length of the season, Um, we'd have to go a little deeper into the numbers to really see uh, if it was something that was purposeful or, as you alluded to, is the fact that a couple of teams backed off. Now the fact is, oftentimes what happens because things happen by accident, but then they'll see some successful things happen because of it. And now it becomes uh, property of the uh, business makers to say, all right, this is a good thing that we should do, so we should have two weeks off. So it'll be interesting to see that balance continue off. But I think you make an excellent point, Chris, in the argument uh, for it not being done in terms of the best action for the student-athletes, but I don't think they're really concerned with them as the business model will win out, even though you have commissioners of the Big Ten screaming screaming uh, now that uh, they need a racist model and uh, that they should not be a minor league for the pros in football and basketball, and that he would suggest that they take – on more of the model of baseball, the students can go straight out of high school and pro. Uh, it's, it, I think it's too far out the door from this case. I think the public is screaming that you're gonna have to do something for the student athletes. And so I think you're gonna find this balance where they use this stipend as the leverage to shut people up for a couple of years before it goes back off with the researchers coming back and saying, uh, you still gotta do more for the athletes. But continue to keep your eyes on it. The president's met, uh, as well as the commissioners met this past week with the NCA's. They're starting their initiatives to float this idea of the changing of the Guard because these six other conferences that you alluded to with um, the ACT or the American Conference in terms of undefeated, but they're really some of the ex-BCS programs as we know them at this time really wanting to change the bylaws in terms of governance of the NCAA so they can set rules. That first meeting took place in the background, but a lot of people may have missed that, so we want to make sure we put that on the table. The change is coming. We can't say right now whether it will be good or bad. And, and let's talk about student-athletes and another conversation side of it. A few days ago, EA Sports uh, reached a settlement with the college athlete, basically. Yeah. Forty million dollars uh, to pay out to uh, the, the athletes for um, using their likenesses and their products in the, in the Is that a uh, point No, I mean, that's settlement the settlement. The number that they alluded to. Forty million dollars. Yeah, that was the settlement. I think they settled a little low, uh, but uh, quite a bit. I think they settled early, uh, which EA Sports smart with the lawyers. But I think you can understand why the uh, conversate on the athlete's side but they're still trying to organize their governing body of uh, who really has this power. So I think the lawyers um, of EA Sports took advantage of the, there's no real governing body for the student-athletes. They're trying to do some things. We talked about it last week with them making a statement, but $40 million is nothing to laugh at. Obviously, uh, we would suggest it probably on the low end, but that is another statement uh, for the athletes to make that they are gaining a foothold in understanding more of the business model that took place. And this is a huge concern for the NCAA. That's why they pulled out of the deal with EA Sports. EA Sports actually took the game off the market for this year, the 2013-14 uh, version. Um, so these are some indication, um that uh, the laws are starting to recognize the rights of student-athletes, which I think is important. And it's 40 million dollars to be paid to a little bit more than 100,000 current and former college players. So divide that up. That's not a huge amount of money divided up, but it's still 40 million dollars in college settlement. But clearly EA Sports realized that they were in the wrong. Now, I guess my question is, well, guys that are in college now that their likenesses have been posted on, on, on that, on the NC2A game, will they be receiving a check or will it be held in trust until they, uh, they leave school? That's a good question. Got to probably yet to be determined because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, above the table, student athletes are not supposed to receive <laughs> any conversation. Aaron <laughs> so, Foster. So, um during the title settlement, because there are current players who were are part of the lawsuit. Yeah, uh, including, so, uh two I know Sam's kids from here, from, from your age. Charles Sam. Uh, and, uh, uh, Taylor McCart from Over at Rice, with two local kids now that I know that were, uh, that, their names were mentioned, uh, as far as likenesses. So that's the reason I asked that question. Sure, so yeah, we're not sure how, what the NC is going to allow. You know, in terms of, they might have to wait till they're finished, their collegiate eligibility is done before they can receive the you know, that settlement money. So, we'll see how it all plays out. But um, You touched on the current players don't really have an organized body of business, a union, you know, something. Right. Uh, negotiating body. A few schools, I mean, there's a, I think last weekend uh, there was, in Georgia Tech and the two other schools were having some other players. This APU um, organization drew on their wristband, like that you bring awareness to the organization. It's basically a, a student, college athlete, college player union, uh lack of a better word, which are trying to bring awareness to that group, is they're trying to bring awareness to better support and acknowledgement for head injuries, and what the NCAA should do regarding uh, taking care of the, the athletes, regarding head injuries and things of that sort. So that slowly but surely, they are trying to, Organize and be more uh, together when dealing with issues of conversation, dealing with issues of health, and all you know things of that sort. So that's that's good to see. And I can tell you that there's some faculty that uh, are really involved in supporting this initiative, and you have faculty that are coming together uh, in organizations in various different ways um, that are creating their own organizations to either support the unionization of athletes or uh, deframe defra- de- uh, the current model of athletics in terms of how it runs the institution. So there are a lot of smaller organizations out there that are getting some headway. But I'm telling you, uh, as Chris uh, is alluding to, that uh, the current framework of how we see athletics is currently changing among us as we speak. And it would be ultimately quite a drastic change up. And I am gonna shift gears during the podcast, you know, we talk about different sports related topics. As folks you know who are listening to the podcast, and I'm sure you know the Texans are playing right now as we record. They are putting Lane the Woods with the Seattle Seahawks. Inside Reliance fade in twenty to three. Uh half time played type lead twenty first down to Seattle's four. Matchup shop after getting picked off in a tip drill interception, uh, bounced back and led the Texas with two touchdowns, scoring three field goals. The defense is holding Russell Wilson in check. So um, I guess the good matchup is playing well but thus far. I mean, the Texans are playing at home, no playing on the road. So um, it's amazing how home road makes a big difference because Seattle's like an unbeatable team at home. Right now, the great pedestrian on the road getting thumped by the Texans in the last inning. So hopefully Texans can improve, can capitalize, close out their game, and improve it 3-1 and one and then get ready for going on the road next Sunday when they play San Francisco for another um, chance to get some big boys. Well, I think this is also just the new NFL, if you will, the NFL model, where oftentimes the more desperate team also finds a way to win, especially when we're talking about two relatively – good programs at this point, we'll say. Defense one and two? Yeah, so you have two two solid teams early in the season, both predicted to make the playoffs and possibly make a run in the playoffs. And I think what you find out with the new NFL model, with teams being so clustered in terms of the middle, uh, that the more desperate team tends to find a way to win. And I think this is just another evidence of that, which kind of brings us to that. Television model we talked about, or uh, possibly uh, CSN Houston bankruptcy filing, uh, which at this point the Astros are claiming was a surprise. I think that's intriguing. Uh, my viewpoint on it is a way where you see a restructuring. Usually when we think about bankruptcy, oftentimes we think that people are broke, but the real definition of bankruptcy is really a way for large corporations to reorganize the internal mechanisms, such that they won't have to pay out on lost debt that they have in the way, and then restructure the organization where they can move forward. So, I think this is a, a component of this, and it's a little different from the standpoint that this was a weird partnership to begin with, but multiple organizations have percentage of the organization. For example, the Rockets own 30 and not even just 30%, it was actually 30.923%, weird calculation. NBC Universal owns 22%, or theoretically, let me get it correct, 22.693%, while the Astros had a partnership in this well at 46%, or let me give you the actual number, 46.384%. So, uh, as oddly as you know, and what that meant was, is that the Comcast individuals had two people, on the governing board partnership, while the Astros had one, and the Rockets had the other vote, and so you can imagine how difficult it becomes when you're trying to leverage that and negotiate television deals, because the Rockets ownership may say, "Hey, this is a very fair deal; we need to take it," but then the Astros say, "No, we want to wait. We think there's a better deal." And then you had a backdoor with Comcast saying, "No, um, we want even something further different." So when you have those many people that have their own interests. Uh, the numbers and partnerships of what advertising dollars they should take, uh, what partnerships with local television distribution deals they should take. You can see that it would get very ugly. Final thing I would put out here for the people to, uh, to get into the numbers is 40% of Houston's 2.2 million TV household has not been able to negotiate the carriage, uh, framework such that they could get it on channels with Direct T V, Dish Network, Southern Link, AT and T Uverse and Verizon uh FIOS. So those are some things that were embedded in these deals. And then you look at the point I think that you also made sure that it was clear that the uh Astros hadn't been paid over the last three months. So there's a the are some concerns in these numbers. Well I'm just being the outside of looking in if I'm the primary creditor and i'm asking for a seat at the table and i put up the initial amount of money which was uh the initial loan was a hundred million to ramp all this up uh i expect to have somewhat of a major say at least be listened to or heard from at some point during the negotiation and i expect to at some point uh to be to step out and say, Look, this is what I want to do. This is the direction I want to take the company. In. And I think this is the way we should be going, unless you're going to buy me out. You know, are you going to pay my loan back? Just give me Whatever initiates, uh, initial amount of money that I put in, I want my money back. But I think that's what the bankruptcy does it, it forces that conversation to happen. Because even if you have the largest share, you can say that. But uh, you don't have votership component to pass anything through. Right. So it's just going to be a gridlock with the other people going back and saying the opposite. So in my opinion, that's truly what a bankruptcy does. It forces the courts now to come back and decide on that ownership power, whether they're going to force somebody to pay them, buy them out, as you suggested, or to restructure the deal such that uh, an operational plans and strategies can be used to move this organization Forward. So, this is a very high level corporate business strategy taking place. And you find It you really see, just hurts the people, uh, in terms of viewership, which you really lose. What well, do you see at some point this getting resolved before the Rocket season is over with or before the Astros start another season? Probably before the Astros start another season. I doubt it if it will get finished before the Rocket. Cause these cases tend to take a while. But if you notice also, it talked about that this won't stop the current carry. So those that do have the ability to get Comcast will see the team. So it won't stop that function of it. It's going to be a backroom, uh, workable deal where a lot of money will be held up, uh, such that you won't be able to make moves off the money that's holding up. So it's just backward deals with large corporations shipping money from one pot to the other such that they can't own, earn interest uh which is a finance class, which an uh, economic class, which I'm sure the listeners will be a little more bored at, <laughs> so we won't go into that type of uh, detail. Well, speaking of backdoor, looks like Glenn Kiffin got his yesterday, and it was slammed on it. Uh Todd Graham put one on the uh, Arizona State Sunday was put one on the USC children yesterday, and it was all Pat Hayden could handle. Yeah, no, I said in the third quarter, said he had made up his mind. Twenty-eight of points kind of did, scored on you. Kind of does that to you. Yeah, you mentioned this with the Longhorns last week, but I guess Mac Brown has a little more power than most of us may think at this point. But what? let it keep happening; he might not make it through the season. There, the, the Oklahoma thing, game would be a, and the thing a, is, a bellwether, I think, for, for good point with USC in the situation. Pat Hayden and. Uh, some of the administrators slash trustees asked Kiffin to leave the bus because they took the charter plane back from it to be to LA after they got thumped sixty two forty one and uh told them basically, uh, your job is done. So they have to get off the bus and let him go. Usually in the to book just like that. So you can't make this kind of stuff up, man. I mean, they asked him to get off the bus, yeah, talk to him. <laughs> hey, and he was gone. Yeah, folks, he got in his <laughs> car and did not look backwards. <laughs> We've seen it before. Who heard about it? But when it's witnessed, yeah, he, he didn't he make it to the office. And one of the possible replacements for Lane Kiffin as a head coach, is a, I think it's a long shot, but it's Kevin Summers at Texas A&M. Uh, money may or may not be equal. But, I don't see Kevin Summer leaving to to Texas. Uh, one of the, one of the reasons that Coach Sumlin mm-hmm. left the u and took the A&M job was because it was still close enough to Houston that him did not move. Right. So I don't, I don't see him going way out to Los Angeles. We have the, hell of a lot more money in Aggie Japan. and agony paying based on the success, the success they're having. Uh, I don't see that happening. Yeah, so, and while USC has the money, they don't uh, have it. They don't have a scholarship right now and they still own, still suffer. Right. I wouldn't even get to the scholarship. That's a whole different issue. I thought Chris was talking about the money that you would pay your coach. And I just, he, he was. And so I'm saying the USC has a huge endowment, one of the largest in the country. So, private school. Yeah. So the money is there in terms of some of you know, you got to remember USC is one of the meccas for those that go train to be a part of the LA movie theater scene, so Correct. they have some huge uh, donors and money, but they don't pay that type of money. It's not that they don't have it, they but their business model right. suggests that they don't pay that type of money. The second thing I would allude to that goes back maybe directly to what you were uh, Wildcat is the fact that facility-wise, huh. you uh, has a long way to go. Huh. They just believe... They're almost like some of those NFL teams that say, hey, we're an NFL team so we don't get caught up in terms of all these facilities, i.e. Cincinnati not having a bubble until recently to practice in. But USC is like that. They're like the pro team because there's not a pro team there right now. So they always believe that uh, people will come to USC because it's USC. So just recently, you know, they've done some remodeling to the basketball facility but uh, and some to the football facility. But in terms of what you would have here at Texas A&M and the model that they're going through, which will be second to none in the country, they already were not far behind in terms of top facilities, and many people actually went to Texas A&M and seen their business model in terms of facilities. So I think that would be a bigger issue than just the money itself, is that the facilities the USC is nothing close to what he has currently and definitely what they have on plan to come in the short future. And Doc, uh, who are you? I can focus in touch with you and read all the information and your insight. Thank you. Uh, I'm Dr. Cavill, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. You can find me on the web, obviously, at thg-agency.com. Uh, email me if you have direct questions, concerns, some business model questions you want, or some even some consulting things. We can do that Cavill at thg-agency.com, k-c-a-v-i-l at thg-agency.com. Just for general uh sporting update news. You can find me uh through social medias, follow me, like me on uh Facebook and Twitter, Dr. Kenyatta Kavil, D R K E N, Y A T T A C A V I L. Also I'm on Instagram, uh, go through many of the H B C U black college, if you would call it, uh football games. So I take snapshots to kinda give you some in the action. Obviously uh, do a top ten poll, both major and mid major. The major poll is for FCS programs, what many of you may know as the 1AA programs uh, that play some of the more truer essence of football versus your BCS program, so it's an intriguing matchup to watch. And then you even have a more uh, confirmed part of that when you look at the mid-major programs with NCAA Division II or NAI programs, so you can do me on that. Last thing is listen to my reports right here on the podcast, do several radio shows, Um but Thing that I like is I do one on college sporting news, college sporting news, which is a release every Thursday to do a preview on the matchups coming up on Saturday. And then obviously on Monday, you can get a review of what took place with the release of the major division top 10 poll on college sporting com Yeah, Wildcat, how close can you find sir? Folks can find me online and follow me on Twitter um at AKSVDCSR, uh, uh, Twitter, TweetDeck, uh, at, uh, YouTube, I'm f- reading this, trying to read this story and, and talk at the same time, but let me focus now. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Blogger, you can find me online and follow me, uh, at, uh, AKSVDCSR. The other name that you didn't mention, besides someone that I think will probably happen, be Chris Peterson from Boise State because of the medical facility and all that's that's nearby for uh, his daughter's uh, uh, medical condition. That's been one of the reasons that he hasn't left from Boise State because of the Mm -hmm. medical research that's available to uh, to his family and all. And his kid that uh, came here for him when he won the uh, uh, Bear Bryant Award should be at the stage to where he's getting into high school, uh, middle school level. Where he can watch, he can get to a point where he can get to a program at state, and he recruits out of California, out of the LA area, yeah, he for does. those kids that get going to the State, so it wouldn't be a hard sale, and he's about ready now. That's an intriguing uh, look at. It. I'm not sure Peterson just seems like a different person. I mean, you know, he is, but if, but, but if anybody, that's a good matchup, though. And he's always He said those are the two things that would make would, that would put him in a position to even to think about, you know, walking away from where he's at right now because he's in a comfort zone and all he Like I said, he still can get the kids and all that and they're playing on a level and their a comfort that allows him to get to a BCS Bowl, which is what he's always wanted. That would put him in a position to not only... I don't, yeah, I don't miss it. I'm looking more at USC. The last time they had some success, the last model was going to the pros. Do you think they try to go find somebody back in the pros because that was the most successful model they had mm. recently? It would, it, but it would have to be a guy on that level that uh is at that age range as an assistant coach that wants to come back to, that wants wants to come right. to to LA and deal with the recruiting, deal with the uh 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 regents and the in the, the hands glad handed and all and still put the program together and get those guys into into the right direction. Now the thing that they have at USC that is nice is that they don't have to deal with much of the state. Right. Politics. We had a private school, you know. In a private school, all you have to deal with is the board, board, which is going to be very powerful, don't get me wrong. Oh. But it doesn't have the dual contingency of both the board with power and a state-related uh, contingency with power. But, you know, this has been going on for a while, so he has a short list. He's done a good job of not letting that short list out. He was just waiting for his time. Go ahead, there, KG. And um, I am KG. Owner of the Houston Round Bar Review website is HoustonRoundballReview.com. Facebook page is Houston Round Bar Review uh, fan page. Check that out, like it. As some folks are starting to do more and more, appreciate that. On YouTube, as T-H-E-H-R Review. Also, uh, Houston Round Bar is the YouTube channel, and uh, Houston Round Bar is also the Instagram account. And I started uh, that Friday, oh, wow. uh, when I was at. Uh, well, Saturday as well. Rockets have media Day on Friday. I was there for that. Posted a few pictures from that on the Instagram account. I posted videos. I kept the first practice Saturday. I was there for that. Um, check out Kevin McHale, Chandler Parsons, the beard, Dwight Howard, and his quiet voice. What did you think? I apologize for his, his uh, voice. By the fact that I was like, too deep from me, I could still barely hear Dwight. So I have to make adjustments to that to get the audio. But <laughs> all the, all the videos are on YouTube channel as well. also they're on my Hoop Men's Hoop vlog. Oh, yeah. So they're in multiple places for you to check out and and one of the things that I thought was very cool, despite the fact that I am media, gotta be, you know, objective and impartial and got a chance to see you I know, got to see the end of practice. Everybody's pretty much done to shoot free throws, things like that. But got a chance to see Akeem one working with James Harden on spin moves in the low post. And that video was up. There's no audio of the conversation that Dream had with Hardy but you could see yourself the spin move. you can also see Dream still has great footwork he's 50 years old he's still spinning around like it's nothing yeah like he's dancing with yeah, the storm yeah he, it was just smooth watching him work Dude, He's praised James we, knew, uh, we, we need how to do a to like that well I, don't, I think those once in a lifetime type center but <laughs> we, if you can get anybody even close to that you would stand up and holler and the funny thing is <laughs> I'd White pay. Once again, I'd pay for a front row seat. White Howard once again told us that he's worked with Dream the last few years. Mm-hmm. Where is that footwork? I don't. I don't see. I don't see any hint of White Howard working with Dream the previous three four years. Maybe That's he what just White can't pick said, it up. You know, that, so tell me that then, because White is much more of a muscle bound guy than other footwork that Dream has, alone had. So we'll see if it all plays out. But to a man, what the Rockets are talking about playing defense, and being better on defense. Got to get better on defense at the end of the floor. Coach McHale said it. Dwight said it. Chandler said it. Jeremy Lynn said it. I forgot about this, forgot to mention him. His videos are also on YouTube. People are watching the videos. I appreciate that. I got to, I got a handful more subscribers to the Houston Rockets YouTube account just in the last two days because of the videos. I'll do more of that. Probably go to practice on the weekends. You know, real job I pay the bills on the week. On weekends, I try to get to the practices and and learn about the game stories and stuff. I'm able to attend those. But we're doing big things. Basketball season is here. Thank goodness the Cougars will have practiced their first official practice October 4th, Friday afternoon. I doubt I'll get there for that. But when I'm able to go, you'll see the videos. You can come to the blog, come to uh, the Brown Barbie channel. Check out me on Twitter, Instagram as well. I'm figuring out how to work Instagram. I failed to kind of post a video. Of Instagram, but I'm taking the pictures on it. Do other things with the Go with Terry. Instagram. Go with Terry. So we're um, trying to adjust to the high tech world. We're trying yeah. to adjust <laughs> to the high tech world. We got a conference to say Media Day coming up October eighth. Wow. In the wow. following week, we have uh, Media Day for the American Athletic Conference, men and women's, in Connecticut, and then in Memphis. You know, so you can check out my website as well as the podcast website, what blog, what pictures and insight that we'll have on both outlets. So who can see the why get your thoughts on this? We touched on this in the last podcast about the upcoming summit involving the women, basketball people, coaches, mm-hmm. administrators, et cetera. Well, they had that on Monday. So, one of the things that and all the information that was agreed on in the past suggested is just by the committee who met. None of this is official, none of this has been passed just go to the N T A committees to the Come in effect, become law, if you know, lawless, to put it like that in simple terms. But one of the things that was unanimously agreed on was to move the Final Four to Friday-Sunday format, instead of the current Sunday-Tuesday format. What are your thoughts on that? We talked about that before. It yeah. Think it'd be better for everybody involved, make it easier. But also, they want to move Final Four to weekend after the mid Final Four is done, hoping to get more interest nationally and right. coverage. But that time will be competing they think competing against the masters is alternative. That's holding whole other different market. The masters Absolutely is not that the same is. thing. Because that's it's the only, only new truly new that that's the only thing that's going on at that time would be is, is the this Masters of the Week that's the final for. You know, as for the as major T V event. I think it was a perfect uh suggestion by by all. The other thing that I was happy about was them basically deciding that going back to the to, uh, to the top 16 team, uh, seeds to host on on campus in the first two rounds yeah. round, mm-hmm. uh, because now you don't have to worry about TV. You know, it, it's the, and TV eyesores is what I call them. These big gaps and all where one side of the uh, arena has a humongous amount, of, uh, amount of, uh, of fans and the other side is basically vacant. You know, you're in these big halls and all and, and nobody's there to watch other than the two host schools, and there at its, at one point, KJ and I have both witnessed it at a neutral site, and it was horrible. And then you got have teams traveling across country. The A and M is a typical example. Uh, Baylor was before them going into a region or an area to play, even though they're a top seed in that bracket. They're going either to the West Coast or the Far East. Uh and I call it the Far East, uh, not quite to uh, Connecticut, but an a c c country to uh, host a game that they have no fans and all traveling with them are very few uh at the most uh less than a hundred or two hundred people probably going with them that can afford to to make those kind of trips and KG can can uh, 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 hear to this uh and agree with me that the women's finals for and the women's sports college the uh, basketball wise their patrons are totally different than following the men Am I wrong sir? No, it's, it's it. women's basketball fans follow their team. They don't support women's basketball. They support their team. It's, it's family oriented. It's senior citizens. See a lot of the gray haired, uh, Americans support their school. They don't support, if Yukon is not in the Final Four, Yukon fans are not there. So you can tell when, at a whole city walking around, who is participating in the Final Four by the, the fans that are there. Tennessee ain't there. NC fans aren't there. UConn is not playing in final four. Their fans aren't there. So it's only a handful of there's not there's nobody. that fans will come to see regardless of who's just in final four. Unlike the men's final four use an event. People will go see it. whoever's playing in it, whoever's competing in it. So that's a problem that, that uh, women have to overcome if they want to overcome that. But um that's suggesting by the committee was super regional. It's going from four regional to two super regional where you'd have eight teams in one Super Regional and eight teams in the other. <laughs> you have um, cities hosting on a, they can sit on a permanent basis in order to allow that city to do a better job promoting it year in, year out, similar to the you know, Oklahoma City is for the right. College Softball World Series. So I give them credit for trying to do something to improve the marketing and the appeal of the sport. We'll see how it all plays out. I want to say this. Let me get your take on this as business expert. As I said, college basketball season is here. Started on Friday, practice started on Friday. ESPN is the network of the women's tournament. ESPN has ESPNW as a women's sports outlet. If you are the network of the tournament, where, is, where are the previews of the college basketball season? Where at. The men's on CBS, True TV, all those people. There have been men's previews on ESPN.com for basketball since June. ESPN doesn't cover the men's basketball tournament on the network. Where is it? I tweeted, I, I asked some of my friends about it. It's like, if you are carrying a women's tournament, why are you not previewing the basketball season on the women's side with the are getting bombarded by men's hoops? I love men's hoops. I've covered men's hoops. But if you are the network for the tournament, you have staff in place, but I assume you do, you should have previews of the major conference, the players to watch, at least in August, to get people ready for the season. What are your thoughts on that? I think uh from just a the easy way out is to say that the the money has not dictated, but I would suggest the bigger issue is the organization and body of the NCA that really deals with the women haven't done a very good job of framing uh, the necessities of getting it done in, in their contractual negotiations, a lot of that should be pushed forward because it's actually a, an excellent point. Um, and I see that it seems like they're trying to do more tactical and more strategy, uh, strategic alignment, if you would, in terms of those discussions you have now because that NCA model, about finding a whole city, which you see for uh baseball and softball. They were wanting to do for a lot of the other sports. They've kind of done it for football now at the FCS level um, as they go to Frisco. And so that makes sense that they're looking at doing that model for when it's basketball. I think that will start dictating more of the framework with them pushing ESPN to understand the need to have a broader platform of that. Also, I think the ESPNW that you are representing, the VP that's over that has to do a better job of understanding what it's going to take to leverage that programming in itself. I seen just last year they finally came up with this Title Nine, if you will, which was a platform to kind of push ESPN W. So I think it's they probably have a longer rollout plan for ESPN W. You know, ESPN model, and I think one thing uh, that is not an excuse but is something for you to consider I also think uh the platform of Fox Sport 1 and 2 has dedicated new interest from ESPN to try to make sure they haven't lost that place so instead of probably doing some of the planning they had for ESPN 1 and rolling it out faster I think a lot of heads have come back and said, oh, hold on We got this new Fox Sports 1 that really was leveraging a lot of interest. And they decided to put a lot more focus on their bottom line in terms of trying to not allow Fox Sports to crave that little niche they're doing. Uh, Just to give you a a business idea, again, this is not really an excuse for that not taking place. But those are some of the issues I would see that take place. Now, if I understand when sitting at the table and these business people start to conversate over these different issues. Okay. Well not venturing too far off the off the track but business wise, you know, it, it it makes sense to to uh get in a set pattern, I call it set pattern and all and can familiarize get people familiar with arise with uh, with, with the uh, programs that are out there, the other entities. You know, you mentioned the ESPN Debian. Fox One, uh, Fox One by, uh, by Doc. If you're gonna cover women's sports, cover women's sports. Don't venture off and just kinda like as an add-on with, with the fellas because they've got their own following and from all three of us have heard the same thing in conversation. With the fellas, you can pretty much put it anywhere. People that show up. And as I discussed, you and I discussed earlier, women's sports. Their fans aren't like that. And we've noticed that here in town. You know, the, what happened over Texas Southern? Uh, last season was a perfect example. You know, just Cooper came in and her following from the, from her days here the, as a comic player, it helped fill a stand. No, you know, it built the interest. But also, yeah, from it, it, the, 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 the other thing that happened was interest was built up on campus. The student body. And that's a unique, and, that's a, that's and, a unique. And, and you know, all three of us have watched college sports. Death is a, here in town, that's a hard thing to do. Oh, yeah. But I think a lot of that is not just, uh, from the coach involved. But, but I think, and the reason I say this, because I was there and I seen it take place at TSU. They were fortunate that they actually had college, fan base in terms of student activity to me is is driven much more about the students and the student leadership if you will. That's just my experience being at Prairie View and being at Texas Southern in terms of that. Because the unique thing that took place last year is there was an SGA president and, and a couple of people that were really involved and wanted to see students involved. And he put a lot of energy of working with the athletic department Working with Cooper, which helped that alignment. But I would give a lot more credit, uh, in my opinion, in terms of the student body. The mm-hmm. city I would give directly to Cooper and those that really followed her from her days at But the, the students on campus and the leadership galvanizing and doing the little things, because they really have a bigger connection and understand the student interests, and they drove it. And some of it is just that odd stuff that you find out. When all of a sudden those videos were taking off, were doing that little praise dance. So mm-hmm. well, they did that. Well, the students just came out and drove because they wanted to be a part of that. There's no Cooper, no athletic department that could have manufactured that. Now you could be smart enough to see it coming and take advantage of it, which they did. i give them a lot of that, but that's that's student driven. I want to touch on a few days ago. Race and Houston announced that they are finally taking a step toward uh constructing the basketball practice facilities for men's and women's hoops. Speaking. They're going to uh basically allow architectures architectural engineering firms to submit their bids uh for the project and then they'll hire a, a design firm and hopefully that'll uh once they do that they'll uh, they'll break the ground break ground on the facilities and uh it'll be done before Hall is renovated you're basically moving everything in phases. So I'm not a fan of Mac Roads, coaching hires, but I will give him credit for what he's doing for, for the facilities. Yeah, football different is, is, yeah is coming along nicely. He's doing the basketball practice facilities is going to finally be done. The finals will be renovated as well. So things are, are being done in phases. So kudos to him for doing that and raising money. He's never had a problem raising money. Yeah, his, it. his problem is hiring. Good coaches. So, takes two different skill sets, so I can understand it. And just closing out, if you had a question earlier okay. to follow up, the three feet, uh, was basically with, uh, <laughs> Texas Southern, uh, Edric Medina missing that 42 yard field goal attempt, um, at the end of the game that would allow Texas Southern to get out of Alabama with a win. But he missed it. Um, so, uh, Alabama m drove 49 yards in eight plays. Behind Wales, rushing for a go-ahead score, putting the Bulldogs up 12-10 with 148 remaining in the game. uh, As they still can't kick a field goal. I told you when they were here last week, the difference in the game was two field goals. Well, they missed uh, an extra point in this game as well. Uh, But it did not hurt them as they were able to hold on defensively. Uh, The Bulldogs were winning at 12-10. Interestingly enough, total yards in this game was less than 530. When you look at Stephen and Austin <laughs> and Prairie View, on the other hand, what they were getting done, which is just a ridiculous shootout in terms of Prairie View giving up some 800 total yards in that game, if you would. And still win, That way. Uh, and still won. Yeah, they gave up 827 yards. Well, the reason they won is they forced uh, five turnovers, And so you can get all that kind of yards, but if you're turning over the ball and not putting up points, and uh, it can come back and uh, bite you. And essentially what the uh, Prairie View and Panthers did, unlike the Southern game when they got up uh, late in the game, uh, Stephen F. Austin pushed back to try to get it close, but they held up this time at the end, forcing uh, Stephen F. Austin to run out of time on fourth downs before they could get in the end zone and try to tie it up. And that gives you some leverage. Again, big win for not only the Prairie View and Panthers, um, but the Conference of the SWAC, which is their first division one uh win of the year, two non conference wins of the year now uh for the Panthers. And the other thing that helped the Panthers for this regional area is Southern Loss. Um so they're Go. one step closer, yeah, you know, to getting back into controlling their destiny on that framework. They could head up to Dallas for the State Fair Classic against the windless Grambling State Tigers. Um so uh they have a chance to add to their win totals if they take care of business. It should be offensively exciting because <laughs> uh, the Panthers will put up points, uh, but they allow points to be put up as well. But, well <laughs> I don't think this weekend coming up, that'll be any problem about stopping. coach from what we've seen lately, uh, I mean, it's a sad but true statement. Grambling has not been kept enough to Oh no, to, Grambling to, is, to, is uh, in trouble. They'll be lucky the final win of the season, if you really want to get the interest, uh, it's going to be really that Grambling TSU game. TSU travels to Grambling. I think it may even be Grambling's homecoming. Oh. Both teams are going to be looking to find a way to make sure they get a win on the season. So Texas Southern fans out there, if you're looking to see where you're going to get that win, uh, it's possibly in Grambling. And the Grambling fans out there, if you're looking where you possibly going to get a win. It's going to possibly against Texas Southern. But let's get more into the positive side. Jerry Lovelock threw up 380 yards with four touchdowns. They had an interception to lead the Panthers in terms of uh, big-time wins. When well, you're talking about some exciting football, you had 39-yard pass for a touchdown uh, by the Panthers. Stephen F. Austin had an 80-yard pass for a touchdown. Stephen F. Austin had another 76-yard pass for a touchdown. Prairie View had a run of 41 yards for a touchdown. So not only were there a lot of points in there, there were a lot of big time. Big yardage plays in that game. All right, let's close it out, Doc. Wrap it up, how can folks get in touch with you, sir? Yeah, you can get up get in contact with me. Follow me, like me on Facebook or Twitter, as well as Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to get it done. Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D R K E N Y E T T A C A V I L. You can also send me an email at kavill k c a v i l at t h g dash agency dot com. Obviously, uh, if you're interested in uh, sports study If you see people talking about it, you can contact me at uh, Texas 713-313-1965 as we have a bachelor's of science degree leading in sports management. I can can touch with you, Folks can get in touch with me and follow me online at Twitter, at uh, YouTube, and Blogger. Uh, Coming in the near future when I do pick up my uh, smartphone, I will be Instagram. But telly is where you want to go with that uh, those videos and all. There is short... Since they, that's the gig what they open up. I'm finding that out. But I, in my infinite wisdom, have found out, unless you're using a phone, you can't load that up. You can't do, you, uh, even though my, my camera, both my cameras have access, you know, have wi- Wi-Fi access, accessibility, and all, I still have to connect up to the hotline. But folks, yeah. those days are coming, and they're coming soon. And, uh, KD, back to you, sir. Sounds good. For that information, <laughs> thank you, sir. Um I, I am, uh, owner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Website is com. I'm on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. Uh, we're probably, at some point in the near future, going to ask people to tweet questions to us during the podcast. We'll answer them during the podcast. So that's something to look forward to in the, in the, uh, near future. We uh, have a Houston Round Bar View fan page. I'm also on YouTube at Houston Round Bar View. You can check out the videos from Rockets Practice and Media Day last couple of days. We're still looking for, uh, sponsors for the podcast. So if you hit, get in touch with any of us regarding that information. I have the, uh, page on Round Bar View, uh, dot com website where you can check out the podcast and see the information about sponsor podcasts available on SoundCloud dot com or iTunes as well. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. The Texans are still leading Seattle, I think, late third quarter, maybe 34th quarter, 20-6. to six. So defense is doing, a, is doing a great job keeping Seattle in check for the most part. See, we talk about all kinds of things here, football, basketball, college, HBCUs, women's basketball, in some Rockets as well. That's what we do here on the KG, Bickle, Walker and Doc podcast. So in conclusion, be true. Be cool and do more.